T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Bye-bye. Tripping. I'm out of here anyway. We's The top of the hour is being brought to you by Northwestern Football, Chicago's Big Ten team. Tickets for the Aer Lingus College Football Classic in Dublin, Ireland are on sale now. Head to nusports.com for details. And transition is being brought to you by Amy Kite of Keller Williams Realty Infinity. On tomorrow's show, Herbie, what are we doing on tomorrow's show? We're preview or we're reviewing the Illinois Perdon game with Jeremy Warner. <laughs> ah. Okay, are you got everything settled to watch the game tonight? Are you ready to go? Yeah, I got the remote in the right hand tonight. It's going to be a great game. Purdue's the best team I've seen in college basketball this year. They dominated the game versus Illinois for portions of it, even though they went to double overtime. I just thought the Illini didn't match up properly with them. And like Jeremy said, the key, the X factor, is our guy Andre Cabello. If he doesn't turn the ball over, I think Illinois has a chance. So we'll break down the, the game between Illinois and Purdue tomorrow with our good friend Jeremy Warner. We'll do some – I'm actually, like, now, like, in the mood to really do some Super Bowl stuff. And, and maybe tomorrow we'll talk a little bit more about the, the – it becoming official that Lovey Smith is the new head coach of the Houston Texans. Parkins and Spiegel are in the house. They got you from now until 6 o'clock. What's up, boys? What up, Lawrence? Good luck to Lovey. Good luck to him because he's going to need it. Yeah. Saw a fire alarm went off during the press conference and people had to evacuate. That's probably a good sign. Uh, yeah. If you believe that's that. That's usually sort of thing. The, the way you get off onto a good good foot, right? That's good footing. Yeah. If you're, It's a good sign in, in Haiti. That's a, <laughs> Just a ridiculous thing, man. I still, I still, like, come on. <laughs> I, we're gonna, we'll have Hub on today. I want to ask him if he's ever seen a coaching search like this in the NFL. Five weeks into the gig, you hire the, the guy who was already on your staff after his first interview. I don't think you, I've ever you seen You hire that. the guy that, like, if we were doing this from a succession standpoint, who literally was the acting head coach right. of your team because you fired your head coach and he was the assistant head coach, and you still didn't interview him until you hired him. It's very weird. Well, it's Lo- very weird. Lovey's got an opportunity to uh, to do this with class, to do it with grace, and maybe even be good at it. And I know that last one is going to be very difficult with their roster and the way that they function. But I did like him saying, you know, it's rare I don't think a, a third bite at the apple for somebody who, quote, looks like me, unquote, has happened. And I, is that true? Is he the first 
black coach to get a third head coaching gig? It's a he good has question. To be, because there have only been 20. So Yeah, yeah. I, be- I believe it's that. Be. It's true. He's got to be. And look at the circumstances that had to lead to it. You know? Yep. And, and Lovey deserves a lot of credit. I was talking about it a little bit yesterday. If you look at his hires, like if you look at his staffs that he's put together, he's gotten people or helped them get to the next thing. And I know that – I mean, and I, was in the, I was at the center of the Ron Rivera stuff when he, he ended up leaving. But he's made it – he's hired really smart people that have gone on to – make careers out of the NFL and some of them have gotten a head coaching job Steve Wilkes had it and he was another guy that was put in a horrible situation when he was down in Phoenix Perry Fuel Perry Fuel Perry Fuel and and honestly if, if you look at at the way things set up for them as far as what the staff could look like I remember back when we were talking about Pep Hamilton and when when he was with the Bears, and there were a lot of people that thought that this was a brilliant guy, that it just wasn't quite his time. And now, I feel like Pep Hamilton is in the pocket. Like it's the type of of hire that you can make that can really help you. And he's learned, and he's done the head coaching thing in the XFL <laughs> and all that good stuff. But Lovey's, if you look at his hiring tree, it's been pretty successful. Uh, to a point, and, and with some of the black coaches, you understand what the ceiling is like, like the Steve Wilkes thing, and and, and even with Harold Goodwin, who was on Lovey's staff, who's the assistant head coach down in Tampa, I'm shocked that he isn't getting more run in this cycle as someone who should have been interviewed. But I know that Lovey will put together a staff of teachers. That's his whole thing, and I hope that, that it goes well for him but the, the deck is stacked against him with that franchise. Yeah, I don't know that Bill Belichick and Bill Walsh and Mike Tomlin, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't know if a super staff can win there right now. Like, if, if you had Deshaun Watson, it would be different. But I, I, don't, I don't know if you took the five best coaches in the history of the sport and you put them all on one staff if in the short term – they could win. In the long term, I'm sure they could. But it, in the short term, I don't know that anyone could. And that's the problem, is that it feels like this is going to be the short term uh, for Lovey. But he got the gig, and he made history in the process of doing it. And the NFL was weird. So maybe he will prove everybody wrong and overachieve. And I hope that if he does overachieve, it matters. But it might not matter. Like They, they might have already made the decision that Zero wins, three wins, seven wins, nine wins. It doesn't matter. We are moving in a direction to our long-term solution at Coach. His name is Josh McCown. So now that and we he, have – oh, sorry, go ahead, Lawrence. Well, And the thing about Lovey is, like, he's made history. It's a small thing, and I know that we're talking about semantics, but he is literally the first black coach to make it to the Super Bowl. It was by hours. It was only by three hours. right? Because <laughs> they got to play the NFC title game first. But but he was there, and seeing him and Tony Dungy at the press conferences together and knowing how much those two guys like genuinely like and love each other and respect each other's career, to, to see him on that stage was, was pretty awesome. So if any black coach is going to be given three bites at the apple, it should probably be him. 
That makes sense. Um, I, you know, I, I, now that all the nine coaches, all the nine coaching vacancies have been filled, see different people saying, you know, voting. I think PFF put it out there, like who made the best hire, right? And I've seen other other you know publications putting it out there, and I haven't seen anybody vote for Matt Eberflus yet. I think that's, <laughs> no. that's going to be a tough sell just to vote for that. I mean, it might work out great, might work out great, but everybody, people are not necessarily excited um, uh, about that hire. But we will hear from Tony Dungy today at some point talking about uh, Matt Eberflus, and he has a lot of uh, great things. Yeah, he's on say. the Bears Talk podcast, and, uh, you know, so we'll play we'll play a chunk of that. But I think that the, the Bears situation, now that the dust is settled, it's uh, they operated a search that, compared to some of the others, uh, was devoid of any real controversy. Like, it was, it was weird, and there was a little bit of double talk at times, but, like, it seemed to be pretty smooth. Uh, they seemed to target and get their top choices. Like the people that we thought maybe should have been their top choices, whether that was Jim Harbaugh speaks for you or Mm -hmm. Brian Flores for me, they just didn't really seem to target with any, you know, uh, real effort. But they hired a first-time coach and a first-time GM and a first-time offensive coordinator, and it's a, a black general manager, and it was a diverse pool of candidates. And it's a defensive coach bucking another trend. So, like I've been saying for a while now, I feel like the way that they did it leaves them less margin for error, but there is undeniably a high ceiling with it because any of these people could be great. Like, Matt, maybe Matt Eberflus is great. Maybe Ryan Poles is great. Maybe Luke Getze is great. And that, I think, is where the excitement would lie. I, if a Bears fan is looking at me and saying, why should I be excited about this compared to the other hires out there? I'd say... It's a wild card. There, There is at least a high ceiling here with all of the hires that you made. I would tell them that they don't have to be excited about it, but I, I, I agree with you, Danny. That I said if they want to be excited, you know, if they want to be a fan. I don't, and I don't, even, I don't even know if there's anything to be excited about. Like, that, that's what I'm saying. Like, to me, it's like, okay, like, these are solid. They seem like solid hires. And, and I don't know that the Bears have earned the benefit of the doubt of the fan base even trying to, you know, like – ramp up some excitement when there isn't any i think that both of these guys they have interesting philosophies i enjoy talking to both of them and i'm curious like that's i i think that's probably more likely than excitement that there's some some curiosity to who are these guys what are they about and how are we going to see their plan play out i I, and at some point we'll forget about the rest of the world i mean you know how it is like We'll, we won't worry about who hired whom in this cycle once we get to the place of starting to think about Bears football. Ab- absolutely, and there's going to be a ton of stuff to figure out and break down in terms of the scheme, what it's going to be, what the plan is for Justin Fields, the sequence of exposure uh, as they reteach him um, in, in some ways. They de-naggy him a, a, a little bit. Um, potentially. Lawrence, let me throw this at you. Um, I mentioned it to Danny before the show. Um, Kevin Cole from Pro Football Focus put together a chart where one axis of the chart is your turnover-worthy throws, okay? okay? The total number of bad throws you made. Um, I, I guess it's percentage of your overall throws, the the percentage of them that like could have been turnovers. Like, what are you doing? Putting that ball into harm's way, as okay. we see Jimmy Garoppolo do a lot. In fact, Garoppolo is dead last in turnover-worthy throw 
rank, okay? Uh, Big Ben was very low on that list. Tua very low on that list. Tom Brady, number one on that list, okay? Um, Kirk Cousins and, and Aaron Rodgers, Joe Burrow, Pat Mahomes, others very high on that list. Justin Fields, 10th. It's a very good ranking among all the quarterbacks. I guess that's all Bears quarterbacks, so it's not just Fields, but it's, it's Bears quarterbacks, 10th overall in turnover-worthy throws. Then the other axis is interception. Now, wait, did, go did they go by percentage or total throw? Percentage. Percentage. Okay. 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 Then The, the other, other axis. I'm the, ready. Interception rate. So percentage of throws that got intercepted. Okay. Tom Brady okay. and Kirk Cousins and and uh, and Aaron Rodgers are way at the top of that. Justin Fields, 31st in interception rate. 31st. So what we have here is by that little simple double rank, the turnover where he throws the interceptions, it's sort of like a babip. It's a batting average of balls in play kind of thing where – he didn't put that many throws into harm's way, but most of them were intercepted. So this would speak to uh, some bad luck in those interceptions. Does that fit your eye test? It does. Yes. It does mine. But as I answer yes. before I let you answer, one of my I, patented I back, moves, right? I love and, that move. And <laughs> you do love that move. It. You said it, not me. Yeah, I know. Now answer it. Oh, um, yeah. Joe Bucket I, three. I, <laughs> I was listening to to Goss podcast, the full go, and he had Matt Bowen on, and I thought that Matt said something about Fields that I kind of knew, but I needed crystallized, and he did it. He said that that Fields' biggest problem, you guys know Matt, like Matt's like busting tape like nobody's business. His biggest problem is that he doesn't come off of one that he wants to make the big play like the the concept of touchdown and check down is very much his personality and what he's hoping that he learns is it's oh you need to speed up that clock to come off of one earlier because there might be some big plays that you're not seeing underneath because you're waiting for a guy to uncover mm-hmm. and 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 when i went back i was like okay like that let me watch this with that as a premise so I spent some time going over like Justin Fields stuff and seeing, yeah, like that's what he's doing. That in a lot of cases, he's looking for Mooney to uncover as as though the one read. And it's putting in peril throws that might be easier if he comes off of one and goes to two or to three okay. quicker. All right. And 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 so yeah, like I I I get I completely get it. And I just wonder if if that's something that he spends time looking at film himself and saying, I got, I, I want my guys to make big plays, but I got to know when it's not there to get moving on to the, the, the next part of the progression. You know, I feel like I remember a lot of bad luck on some interceptions, some tipped balls. I certainly remember Darnell Mooney's weekly drops or like the ball coming off the hands or, or other guys. There's one interception that was right off Demir bird, right? They threw right to Demir bird that popped into somebody yep. else's arms. But I, I, what I want to believe, Danny, is what I thought I saw for a while there, which was that Fields is careful and that if he misses, he misses high and away out of bounds. Like he makes a point to, to miss without putting the ball into harm's way. That's what it felt like for a while. And he's been, you know, accuracy has been praised. I want to believe that's the case. So these numbers appeal to me. Well, I think 
that's good. Like whenever you can have uh, the numbers back up what your eye test is showing you, that is validating. And where it's most useful, though, is probably when the numbers challenge what your eyes are telling you, and then you can dig deeper. I think that it's a combination of what all of what everyone's Matt Bowen is talking about, Lawrence. What you were mentioning, like, did he go from one to two to three quickly? No, I don't think he did. But I also don't think the Bears had a one, a two, and a three. Like, the fact that you can point like a, man, that was a tipped pass from Demir Bird. Yeah, man. You should be throwing <laughs> it to Demir Bird. No, no, no. Like, I agree. And, and Darnell Mooney is really good if he's the three and he's, yep. and he's maybe, maybe good enough to be the two eventually, but he's not a one. And he was a one for a huge percentage oh, yeah. of the season. And the one, depending on who you want to blame and what your version of the events were, like Allen Robinson had the worst year of his football life this season. Going back to Penn State, going back to Jacksonville, going back to Mitch Trubisky. Like, for whatever reason that happened, Allen Robinson was no longer a number one receiver this season. And so Fields, we have to grade it on a curve. Not only a rookie curve. Not only a Matt Nagy was bad curve, but a he just did not have the dudes to throw a, to. A Bears skill position talent curve. Like, but what what I what I think about Fields in those numbers, I like Kirk Cousins is the opposite in that he has great every, numbers, but you can watch him on film and go, that guy is going to get you beat. Right, and I I think not, not this year for whatever that's worth. But, but I but I, I I think that a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL. If you had Thielen and Jefferson and Dalvin Cook, would put up awesome numbers, right? Like he had the he had arguably the best trio of skill position talent in in the league in terms of two receivers and a running back. Aaron Rodgers, what's amazing about what he does, and yes, Devontae Adams is incredible, but like that guy throws the ball down the field and only had four interceptions. Like there's no check down to to his game. And that's what I hope Fields is. Like, Fields, in terms of air yards per attempt, was also very high this year. Like, he throws the ball down the field even when he's got no one really to (laughs) throw it to. And so I hope that they figure out a way, whether it's Mike Williams from the Chargers or Mike Gallup. But, like, guys who he could be fun. Dude, I'm really close to being, being all in on Mike Williams. You know my only fear on Mike Williams is how many times I've thought he was going to be super productive in fantasy, and he was has not. That's your but, personal bias. I, I know. But every year I think, oh, here comes the Mike Williams breakout year. Here comes statistically the Mike Williams breakout year, and it hasn't really come. But, you know, he's got a real good one on the other side in Keenan Allen. Yeah, and sure. Austin Eckler had like 18 touchdowns this year. Yeah. And, you know, but – but I, I'm bringing personal fantasy football bias to the Mike Williams conversation. We all, we all have our biases. The people you can trust are the ones who admit them. Uh, but yeah, I, like I, I, I want them to figure out a way to get Justin Fields some dudes who, when he throws the ball down the field because he does have that touchdown to check down mentality, they can turn some of those tipped pass interceptions into catches hmm. or incompletions. You know, like he just did not have anyone like that on the team this year. I, so, I, I well, I, I don't think he was helped. I think you're right, Danny, and I don't think he was helped by the design of plays oh, yeah. and the the way the progressions themselves, like who they were looking at as far as route development and where his eyes should go. And and that's where Speaks, you're so on the money with the 
the denagian process. Yes, he must be denagged. Yes. You got You got to get him in that process. You got to get all of that bad stuff out of there, and and hopefully he clicks. And I, I'm Danny. I'm with you 100. percent I don't want him to lose touchdown to checkdown. I want him to to be looking to make the big play because if you look at the the guys that are successful in the league, that's what they're doing. But the the amount of time that it takes you to get like. I, I, I hesitate to even bring up like Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers because of who they are. But that's one of the reasons why they're so great is that they're like, okay, I, I can anticipate this is going to work and I'm willing to put the ball in the air anyway, even though I don't see it. Mm-hmm. I know where the play is designed to go and I'm going to put the ball where Devontae Adams is going to be. The, the- and if, if they don't see it materializing like in that – half a second they know okay i've got this guy in the flat i've got this guy who's running an inside route and i now have to trust that those guys are going to be where they're supposed to be it, it's really kind of like the concept of not having to see it to throw it well yes i, I really believe the number one thing you can do <clears throat> for a young quarterback to set them up to learn is protect them <laughs> and matt Nagy didn't do it yep like, that's the number one thing. Give him time. Let him look. Let him adjust to speed and the options and everything with plenty of time. That's why, as you said, Danny, I think we'll go down the worst game plan in the history of offensive oh, football the Cleveland game. against the Cleveland Browns. I mean, my bad. God. A, a rookie quarterback's first start. We got fields for the first time. You sang about it. And... That was the game plan. <laughs> that was the game plan. Yeah. Against Miles Garrett and Jadavion Clowney, two number one overall edge rushers, right? Yeah. It's insane. Absolutely pig headed Hungarian stubbornness <laughs> insanity. It was. It's over, though. Yes, he, it is. He survived it, and he had a great game the next week. I think you got – yeah, but I think you do have to re, reteach him. You're going to have to protect. You're going to have to overprotect as you reteach him, especially a, 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 a new system. I don't know. I, 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 and I think Ryan Poles is going gonna, is gonna to prioritize that. I think he – we'll see. It depends what's available. Like I, we'll talk about it a ton. The Jamar Chase example is a fascinating one. Like They have a limited number of resources. I think – Relative to the rest of the NFL, the Bears' offensive line is better than the Bears' receiving core. Do you disagree with that? Um, no, I guess wow, that's I, an interesting question. It, it is an interesting question. I think I don't disagree with it just because the Bears' receiving core is laughable. They have two under contract, but and one of, the, one of them but, is but Daz Newsome. But that's my point. That's <laughs> that's the point. Like. Hmm. Neither is great. I'm not saying that either is a finished product. Both need work, and you can work on both simultaneously. So this is not a zero-sum game, either-or, binary conversation. But which is the bigger fix? I would argue that it's the receiving core, the pass catchers, the people that he throws the ball to. Mm-hmm. And because I, th- I think you got one guy. In fact, I know you have you, one you guy. You do, because you only have two under contract. Right. And so, but I think that there are more pieces there on the line to be serviceable. I, I agree. And so, I I hope that they don't get terrified by that Cleveland game or convinced that, that the sack numbers cannot be improved on by Justin Fields took a lot of those sacks himself. Right. And, and and it should be said that I was really thinking 
parallel worlds here. Yes, talent acquisition and fix the edge as you see fit, Ryan Poles, but schematically, you know, go ahead, man. Like, go ahead and have two tight ends a lot early on. Like, go ahead and really do establish the run early on a, a lot. Go ahead and and have Max protect and chip help on that offensive line. But it's also a cumulative thing. Like, football's so great because everybody feeds off of each other. Cooper Cup helps the Rams' offensive line. Not by his pass blocking, but because he gets open immediately. Like, the second the ball is snapped, the dude is open. Mm-hmm. The, like, and so then you can get the ball out quicker, and then the, it's tougher for a pass rush to get home. So it all is there. So if they if they feel like the best way to improve Justin Fields based on the resources that are available to them with the, with the free agents and their draft capital is better blockers, okay, cool, go for it. But if they had all of a sudden three good receivers – and one of them was a slot dude who gets open instantly, and the other is a Mike Williams type who, oh, man, the blitz is coming, and I can just throw it to him, and I believe that he can come down and catch it. Yeah. That helps your offensive line, too. No, it, de- it definitely does. By the way, um, I think uh, I've said I was waiting for the Mike Williams breakout. I think 76 catches and 1,146 yards is kind of the breakout. Yeah. I think we kind of give it to him right there. He's good, man. Yeah. And, and again, playing with Justin Herbert with talent all over the field really helps. Bring that catch Speech. radius to Justin Fields. Bring that question to Justin Fields. Yes, sir. Did Hungarian stubbornness and Sandy open for brother, brother in the 90s, or were you guys opening <laughs> yeah. for them? No, we opened for them, man. They, they We tried to negotiate a change in time slot. <laughs> you wish you could have been Hungarian <laughs> Stubbornness. They were not interested. I mean, like, they wouldn't even have the conversation with us, Lawrence. They're like, no. They shut you down. Yeah. yeah. We are the 1030 act here at the Double Door. You go on at 9, you do 40 minutes, and you can't use our drum kit. <laughs> Screw you. Man, that's, I mean, that is quite a rider that they got. You yeah. Know? Like, that's, that's messed up. Oh, man, some, messed up. Sometimes you play that set in front of the big band's drum kit. You just got to pretend that, no, this is how we wanted to set up. <laughs> it wasn't. <laughs> Lawrence, Joe Buck today. The 3 o'clock hour is an hour of Joe's. Uh, Buck and Ostrowski will join us. Kyle Turley at 4 and Hub Arkish at 440. I had a very weird experience uh, with the Bulls. Uh, that I think that some people will be able to relate to. And did the funny, the fun police try to arrest you too? No one tried to arrest me. There was there there was no arresting. I uh, I got duped by the box score. I'll ex- I'll explain. I was not able to watch live, and oh, I, it was oh yeah, wow. like they got their asses whooped, but it l- didn't look like it when you just looking like the end of that game. What Correct. a weird thing for me this morning. I was so confused as to what was happening. It was it was an out of body experience. But then Speaks, he teased it yesterday. He will tell us what he's doing tonight. Oh, yeah, yeah. Today. It's a twenty four so hour people tease. People have been waiting. Yeah. So it's very exciting. Heard from a lot of folks. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna kill it today. Including in Hungarian stubbornness and sanity. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Well, have a good day. All man. right, boys. Have a show. I'll see you tomorrow. T Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest five G network from big cities to small towns including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.